fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. Paving your way to fantasy glory. Acton is your lead blocker to fantasy excellence, making all your football-related fantasies come true. I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the wolf of Roto Street himself. We're running a tiny bit late. We want to try to get done as close to kickoff as possible. We're probably going to run a little bit over here, but as the wolf pointed out to me a moment ago, it's a real stinker of a game. But at the same time, we're trying to get this thing as tight and concise as we can. But we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, the Wolves obviously going to have a ton to say, but I'm just going to lead into our news of the week, which of course is going to be led by the Dolphins. So I want to give you just a scenario. I'm a Raheem Mostert owner, you know, yeah. and I've been thrilled with Mostert this year. And if you came up to me, say I missed the Dolphins game, and you came up and were like, Nat, here's the deal. Uh, there's actually a rookie running back on the Dolphins that uh, ran for like 203 yards and scored four touchdowns. I would – and you'd be like, so what are your thoughts on that? And I'd be like, well, that's devastating. That means Mostert obviously was injured or got like four carries for like two points. And you're like, oh, no, no, no. He scored 42 fantasy points. Mostert scored 42 fantasy points. <laughs> um, and then I would be like, are you sure? So this ground attack was just like, you know, so they had uh, – the other guy scored like 53, by the way. Um, and then I was like, oh, so we did everything on the ground. Oh, no, Tua scored 38 points also. Um, and then you start to really say, well, we got a real problem here on our hands. Not me as a Mostert owner and a Tua owner, by the way, but the rest of the NFL. Have you ever seen anything yes. like that? It might <laughs> be the most that? unstoppable offense like, when it's clicking in this nature. And yeah, you led into it perfectly. 90 combined points between the two running backs, both of them blazing speed. We know that's what McDaniels loves is getting speed and space. How do they rack up over 90 points? Well, you mentioned Mostert, 82 yards, three touchdowns. Seven catches, 60, and another score through the air. Dominant line. Then you look at Devon A-Chain, 18 carries, 212, two touchdowns, in addition to four catches, 30 yards, and another two scores. It looked more like Mosher was the lead pass catching back. A-Chain, a smaller guy, about 5'8", you know, 180 pounds, was more of the goal line back. And both of them thrived in these roles that were kind of mismatched and not what we'd expect. What a performance from those guys, huh? Mostert Mostert had six catches for 70. He still punched it in three times on the ground. And then you say, man, Tyreek must have been pissed. No, Tyreek had 28 fantasy points, dude. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Dylan Waddle was hurt. He didn't even play. Robbie Anderson, who has a new name that I didn't even know about, he was involved. Yeah, I didn't know that was Robbie Anderson. Anyway, that was nuts. They put up 70. 72 is the NFL record. They could have had 73, but uh, McDaniel showed a lot of class and kneeled. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was like a, a just seeing a buzzsaw. Obviously, we're going to be talking more about these guys later. But I mean, you know, you can't really lead a fantasy show off right now after what we just saw without talking about the Dolphins. Everybody ate. Everybody, Everybody ate. ate. I'm up. I'm up 92 points in my game right now. Like, it, you know, it's just haymaker after haymaker. It was unbelievable it, to watch. I got it was crazy. Yeah, four touchdowns for two at 309 yards. The current betting favorite for MVP. It was 23 for 26. The pick of the game. Isn't that right? What'd you say? He was 23 for 26, I think. Yeah, as accurate as can be. Unbelievable performance from him. As you mentioned, Tyreek got his nine catches, 11 targets, 157 a touchdown. You got to think if it was even somewhat competitive, he might have had a more deadly game because most of that came in the first half, and then it became the running back show. So just it's great to see and love one also that McMike McDaniels, former ball boy of the Broncos, yeah. goes and just dismantles his former team that he was the ball boy for. You love to see that too. But it is just such a great, beautiful offensive scheme here. And when Jalen Waddle comes back, and also just the Dolphins suck. Like, I mean, I'm not the Dolphins, the, the Broncos. No, they do. They do. The Dolphins <laughs> do not suck. Their offense is insane, but the Broncos, no one has to be scared of them. They have that kind of historic view of a defense that you gotta fear. No way. But, yeah, this offense is humming in all cylinders. Mostert, 37 snaps. A-chain, 30. You know, 13 carries for Mostert, 18 for A-chain. So a pretty near-even split. Just incredible to add a piece like A-chain, though. Again, speed in space, 4-3, one of the fastest running back 40 times of all time. If you're wondering, why is he not getting going yet? What's going to happen here? It's even worth holding on to. Really hope you held on and saw what this guy did today because, man, 
if he's out there on your waiver wire, he's another one. It's, we've had a few in a row now. Blow all the fab that you have to. Kyron and Puka week one. Jerome Ford week two. And now Devon A-Chain, the next blow it all on him. He'll be well worth it. I know Jeff Wilson will eventually be coming back, and now it gets a little muddier. But, man, this gives him I mean, no incentive to have to rush Jeff Wilson. And maybe Jeff Wilson doesn't come back. That's just pure hypothetical at this point. Yeah, this this offense, any well, piece you can get that has a meaningful role, including now A-Chain. What an explosive. Jeff, Jeff <laughs> Add something else to this. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> Jeff Wilson's never had a game like that. And you know you and I both love Jeff Wilson, but never had a game like that. Another team uh, with some explosive offense. Yeah. Wants to talk about the Chargers. Unbelievable game. The Kellen Moore Bonanza, 40 of 47. A great efficient performance from Justin Herbert. For 405 yards, three touchdowns, but maybe the even more eye-popping stat line. 20 targets, 18 catches, and 215 yards for Keenan Allen playing the quote-unquote C.D. Lamb role. He's playing the Keenan Allen role at this point, maybe the Puka Nakua role of the NFL. Just pure layup targets, but then also getting deep 49-yard touchdown pass. So this is a role we have not seen Keenan Allen maybe ever, but certainly not since he was like rookie, sophomore, where he had that true explosion. It really hasn't been capitalized on in that dink and dunk Joe Lombardi offense. He has been unlocked completely in that CeeDee Lamb plus role, it seems, even more so than that. Plus now Mike Williams also having a monster day, seven catches, 121, and a score, but then getting hurt. If he's out for any type of period of time, man, Keenan Allen, moving forward, like, what receivers would you rank ahead of Keenan Allen in fantasy? Jefferson, Tyreek, is that it? Is the, the might, man? I mean, maybe like healthy Cooper Cup. I don't know, but like, yeah, that, that's probably about it. Yeah, maybe Jamar Chase of a healthy burrow, but even then, like I, I don't if you know. Gave me I, Keenan Allen for Chase right now. I take Keenan Allen in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even. Yeah, Chase is so boomer bust, and I mean, right this year it's been all bust. Uh, you know, obviously the talent's there, but yeah, I would. There's two guys going right now that I might that I'd probably take over Allen. Yeah, and if Mike Williams does end up missing some time too, just keep your eyes peeled on Quentin Johnson. He's someone we'll add down to the waiver wire show uh, when we get there later. We'll end the show with that early week four waiver wire. As you guys can tell, we're going for risers first. Fallers next, and then we'll be hitting uh, the early wave. Why, any thumbs up, but enjoy anything here. We would greatly mean the world to us. So please do consider that. Help us get out to more people. Like, shares, retweets, all that great stuff is so greatly appreciated. Yeah, also Her- Herbert, just huge passing numbers in this game. Yeah. Um, Lions, moving on. Sam Laporta, we've been looking at the, uh, the tight end vacuum or the tight end black hole or whatever you want to call it. I want to give you some perspective on, um, you know, why should you pay attention to someone a tight end 8 of 11 for 84 yards and a touchdown. I mean, obviously that's a great stat line, but it's better than you even think because we talk about the deficiency at the tight end position all the time. I'll give you an example. I have Darren Waller on my team. Going into week three, he was averaging under nine points a game, and he was the tight end five. And so all it He was came, leading the NFL in tight end yardage. <laughs> during week yeah, three. right. Exactly. So, I mean, like, it doesn't take much to be like a top four, top three tight end in this league. Games like this – from Laporta, eight on 11 targets for 84 and a touchdown. That's a huge deal. So that's a that's a ridiculous, ridiculous stat line for a tight end. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, of course, remains the king of the Lions passing game. He caught nine uh, on 12 targets for 102 yards. And I, right here it says he had an absurd 36% target share. That is actually uh, pretty absurd, if true. Goff ended up 22 for 23 for 243 and a touchdown and a pick. Um, they did beat the Falcons, who were riding kind of a ridiculous undefeated streak into this game. No, I, I certainly didn't think. By the way, um, Kyle Pitts had uh, the game that he has every week. Um, we okay. should not surprise him. So, so better for Pitts. We'll, we'll talk about him later. With the, the yeah, I mean, okay. um, better also, for Pitts. Obviously doesn't have to be much. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I, I, I get distracted. But also, rounding out the Lions, Jameer Gibbs, 17 rushes, 80 yards. He looked pretty good. Um, obviously, this is with David Montgomery out, so he had pretty much full control of the Detroit backfield. We'll uh, keep track of Montgomery and see where that goes. I do, yeah. I do think they're, I do think they're better when they got them both. They, probably and Gibbs, it's a, yeah, it was an okay performance, but I actually kind of had that as a met, maybe even faller. He got almost all the snaps today and just didn't do a ton with them. Eighty yards, you know, ho hum. He looked okay. He was breaking tackles for sure. He's a talented kid but only two yards on one of his two targets in the passing game. That was a little bit disappointing. And really, again, it came at the expense of Sam Laporta was the reason why Jameer Gibbs didn't explode. 36% targets are for St. Brown, as you mentioned, but over 30% for the tight end. That yeah. never happens in this NFL. And he's athletic. I mean, he was 45-yard touchdown for a tight end streaking down the seam. That doesn't happen quite easily. And, and they, remember, took him over Michael Mayer. They love this kid. He definitely has top six rest of season upside, Sam Laporta. 
a guy that I will be sending up the draft board as I'll be sending up in my rest of season rankings. <laughs> Tank Dell, my guy. How many times have I talked about him? And I'm so happy to come through. Awesome game from him. Five catches, seven targets, 145 and a touchdown. CJ Stroud, just another passing day uh, that was impressive. 280 yards, two scores. Not the, quite the volume we've seen. You know, 91 attempts through the first two weeks. He only has 30 pass attempts this week, but very, very efficient on those in addition to 14 yards on the ground. But that 68-yard touchdown, a thing of beauty. It did come at the expense. Uh, we had Tank Dell that huge day, but Nico Collins, 34 yards on just two catches, three targets. It does seem like Dell might end up taking over this number one receiver spot. Man, he's still out there in well over 70% of leagues at this point, too. We talked about him. He was my number two pickup of last week. At this point, if you don't get Devon A-Chain, I think Tank Dell, another guy that you spend 50% or so of your budget, this guy is an absolute stud. Uh, the run game, too, it just kind of tacking on some Texans notes. Sure, we got Damian Pierce for like a 14-point day. It looked okay, 31 yards and a touchdown. Did add some catches finally, getting a little receiving work, three catches for 28 yards. But, man, it wasn't that great. You 30 snaps for him, 22 for Devin Singletary, near even in routes run, 12, actually 13 going to Singletary, favoring him, 14-9. and nine. So, yeah, that touchdown, which he needed Tink Dell to get tackled at the one-yard line to end up even being in that position. I would be selling Damian Pierce as fast as I can. The fastest, you know, one good performance. I don't think we're going to see many more coming forward. So this is definitely that that sell moment if anyone wants to buy into this. So we saw some uh, some Ravens action. And first off the top, you know, kind of embarrassing home loss to the Colts who had a backup. Although Gardner Minshew, I think, is a highly competent backup. It's totally possible he's better than Anthony Richardson. But they did lose this game, which I don't think too many people uh, thought they were going to lose. I certainly did not. From Lamar in the passing game, I mean, we had 22 of 31 for 202, no touchdowns. It was kind of, you know, ho-hum. Now, the Ravens hurt themselves a lot, putting the ball on the ground, I think, four times, losing two of them. But we did see a little bit of vintage Lamar. 14 yeah. rushes, 101 yards, two touchdowns. You know, if there's any real, like, you know, potent passing game to go along with this, this is when they become, like, theoretically unstoppable. I mean, you're talking yeah. about a guy rushing for 100 yards and two touchdowns under center. Pretty incredible. Uh, you know, I know you said you said Gus Edwards went out with a concussion, something like that, right? So I don't know what yeah. to think about the the Ravens, but the headline says it all. Lamar Jackson, Kamani, Konami upside regained. Absolutely. No doubt about it. That was pretty incredible to watch. Uh, you know, that that's that's vintage Lamar Jackson right there. I know. And what's scary this is your 27 point day today, and you kind of hinted to it. We still haven't seen the perfect merge of like the explosive pass game. We've seen glimpses of it. Now we're getting the glimpses of that Konami upside with Lamar. When those two things combine and it's like a 320 passing day and a 100-yard rush, I mean, this could be 40-point upside in yep. the near future. I would be, if somehow you're able to sneak in a Lamar bid at this point uh, for, for buying low, you can't really buy low after a game like this, but I think this is just the tip of the iceberg with the fantasy upside in the Ravens. Jerome Ford, another huge takeaway oh today, a big riser in my opinion, and a lot of people probably panicking when the game started. I know you sure were through that. Yeah, of course I was. Understandably so. Five first carries, none of them going to Jerome Ford. But ultimately, he was the clear lead back. 40 of the 71 snaps, well over 50%. Did see 10 carries compared to just five for Kareem Hunt, six for Pierre Strong. And the big thing, continuing to see almost all the receiving work, 22 routes compared to just five for Kareem Hunt and two for Pierre Strong. He got the only goal line look. He got seven of the 10 third down looks. Uh, so definitely more so the Jerome Ford show than anything, just as he was promised to be that lead back. A lot of people worried, oh man, the, that $4 million contract for Kareem Hunt, big in running back money these days, but Jerome Ford, and he did okay with it. You know, not on the ground, 10 carries, 18 yards, did get the touchdown. And that was where I was most concerned that he'd lose work to uh, Kareem Hunt because given Kareem Hunt used to vulture Big Chubb, but they're going to give it, looks like, Jerome Ford, at least today. They gave him the short yardage plunge. He also did add another second score through the air, 33 yards on two catches. So he had multiple outs. It was a tough Tennessee run deep. Didn't do much on the ground, but those two touchdowns really buoyed his value. And I think this is just the, the sign of things to come. When the matchups get softer, we'll see even bigger numbers for Ford. So if you blew all your fab on him, I, I think did. you're feeling pretty decent, which you did. You got to be feeling pretty good after this game, right? I, I do. I mean, you know, I, you can look at the 10 rushes for 18 yards and cringe a little bit. But if you actually look at the whole box score, none of them ran well. I mean, Tennessee, you know, although they looked inept today, they do have an outstanding defense. I believe they do. it was Run the defense, second yeah. best running defense in the league going into this game. And, um, you know, you saw why. They, nope, 
none of the backs were running on him at all. Ford did punch it in twice. That's awesome. I thought the the game script at the beginning with him was was extremely concerning. But yeah, I mean, he scored yeah. me 18 points. I mean, that, that's freaking fantastic. He scored nine times more points than Derrick Henry did for me. So uh, yeah, <laughs> well, we'll we'll be getting to that when we get to followers. I, no I imagine we it. probably will. Uh, Romeo Dobbs. I uh, had a target hog day. We love those. He's vacuuming. He got 12 targets. He caught five of them, 73 yards and a touchdown. And the Packers week three went over the Saints. It's worth noting in this game, I think the Packers were down either 16 or 17 to nothing in the fourth Eight, quarter. Yeah, they, they scored 18 straight to win the game. Yeah, yeah 17 so, I mean, that, that, That's a, you know, kind of gut check moment for a young quarterback that hasn't done Absolutely. much. That was, that was kind of cool to watch. I, I went in pulling for him. I mean, his stat line was not super impressive. I'm talking about Jordan Love, of course. I uh, only completed half his passes <coughs> through 44 times, only through for 215 yards, one touchdown, one pick. And like we said, he needed every second to do it because I think they, they won pretty much last minute in that game after they went for two. I think they, they cut it to like 17 to nine. And then, then the coach went for two and everyone's like, why is he doing that? And they're like, cause he wants to win the game. And he did. So uh, hats off to them. Good job. Packers, uh, Romeo Dobbs, target hog, you know, respect. <laughs> yeah, big day for him. Jaden Reed, a big waiver wire target, still actually pulled out uh, behind only Romeo Dobbs and targets with seven of them. Didn't have a huge day, three catches, 63 yards, but over almost eight fantasy points and, and over eight in full PPR. So our waiver wire guy looking solid. Jordan Love just continuing to impress as you were getting at it. It really takes some, some guts and balls to be able to pull a game like that. So really impressive stuff from him. Just a, a real-life winner on the field, even if the fantasy stats weren't huge for, for him. Uh, the accuracy, impressive. the accuracy is concerning to me because you know fifty percent. I mean, each of these guys they had decent games, but both of them were pulled in less than fifty percent of the balls that were thrown their way. And so, you know, I, I have to wonder how much of that is the guy's just not money with his accuracy yet. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Well, moving on, Zach Moss, a definite riser and looking really good. This is certainly the best Zach Moss has ever looked at the NFL level. Thirty carries, one hundred twenty-two <laughs> yards. Uh, adding also 23 yards and a touchdown through the air, looking solid as a receiver. Ultimately, the number three running back right now in fantasy for this week. He's got at least one more week against the Rams now, where he'll be that lead back. And you got to rank him as a top 15 guy here. So definitely looks good on paper for now. Now, if Jonathan Taylor gets traded, Zach Moss would probably go down as the number two or three most impactful free agent pickup of the year. Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, Probably one, two. Jerome Ford's clearly going to be in that mix. Devon A. Chain's clearly going to be in that mix after this week. But if Zach Moss does become <laughs> that guy because JT gets traded, man, this is going to be – it's just more so the environment we're seeing here. Tons of plays being run by the Colts, fast-paced offense, sustainable offense, whether it's Minshew, whether it's Richardson, and certainly also benefiting Michael Pittman. Wanted to mention him. Yet another yeah. target hog day, three straight days with double-digit targets to begin the year, over 30% target share on the season, nine catches on his 11 targets, 77 yards. Doesn't score, but another monster day for him. So, it's yes, Zach Moss is a riser for now. Could be a genuine league winner should something happen with JT doesn't even play or gets traded. But this also could be considered an up for Jonathan Taylor in a way because if Dak Boss can do this in this offense, man, what could one of the best running backs in the NFL do in this Shane Steichen offense? So he's a guy, you know, JT's owner might be at this point 0-3, 1-2, maybe panicking a little bit. I'm just so encouraged by this offense as a whole. But the fact that Zach Moss could be this good of a running back, I can only imagine what JT would do. So I'll definitely be tossing some feelers out there to see if I can snag him from a desperate owner. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the Browns' passing game? This was it looked good. It, it did look good, and and Tennessee has a has a very good defense. Although, admittedly, it's more known as pass. like a run defense. But but anyway, Deshaun Watson, twenty seven out of thirty three for two eighty nine and two touchdowns. Obviously, they won twenty seven to three. Uh, shaky first half, but uh, and and it even says in the notes he made one of the worst plays by anyone in the league all day. Do you know the play I'm talking about? No, I don't. Okay, he got sacked in the second quarter, and he just basically threw the ball backwards for a, a fumble. <laughs> but the Browns did did pick it up, and and he recovered too. Um, he had like a long touchdown to Amari Cooper, forty three yards, but it was like busted coverage. He was essentially just wide open, and uh, it was you know the p- completion percentage. If you look at Watson, who's looked shaky and has been missing targets and has looked skittish, as you've said a couple times all year, um, yeah, pretty encouraging for him. Amari Cooper, who I mentioned, did catch seven out of eight targets for a buck 16 yeah. and a touchdown. Elijah Moore, nine out of nine for 49. You know, just the, the 
extremely efficient, not huge yards, but I mean, that's got to be encouraging. Donovan Peoples-Jones actually leading the Browns in snaps, um, although Cooper and Moore both had slightly more routes run. But I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I would, certainly would have not not have pegged the Browns to all of a sudden be like a passing juggernaut this week. Yeah, I, I do. To me, is it a one week mirage because the Titans are just that bad of a secondary? Such a good run, beat, such a bad pass funnel. So maybe it's a one week mirage. But this definitely was the best we've seen Deshaun Watson look. And I've dumped on him enough times on this show that, you know, yep. got to give the guy his flowers, which is painful to do because I absolutely hate him as a human. But yeah, you know, he looked good and definitely encouraging for the rest of season <laughs> value of Amari Cooper. And the targets are good for Elijah Moore, but it's still just not getting a ton done there. Uh, so we will see how that progresses moving forward. Chris Olave, just want to note the true alpha, three straight 10-plus target days for him, eight catches, 11 targets, 104 yards. Didn't matter whether it was Derek Carr who got hurt, unfortunately. But then we have Jameis Winston come in and still just peppering Chris Olave with his targets. He's playing some slot, getting some layup rolls. About 40% of his snaps now have been in the slot. And that was not the case last year where it was almost exclusively outside. So just that move around. Chris Olave role with some explosive speed at every, wherever he's going to go. It's just beautiful to see. He's definitely going to be approaching first round territory in my rest of season board update. Closing things out. And you wouldn't actually think that we would be mentioning anything about a team that was beaten by literally 50 points. They're passing. <laughs> Russell Wilson threw for over 300 yards again. Uh, Marvin Mims is one of the guys we want to talk about. He actually was flashing, but it says here in the headline, criminally underutilized again. Anyway, Wilson's stat line was 23 for 37 for 310, a touchdown and a pick. Now, I did watch some of this game. Wilson didn't, like, look awful or anything, but he didn't look like a stud. He didn't look like a pro bowler or anything like that. I mean, he did get 300 yards, like we said. Uh, Cortland Sutton, who was on my bench, but is unfortunately probably going to have to move to my starting lineup with the Mike Williams injury, caught 8 out of 11 for 95 yards and a touchdown. But I think he also lost two fumbles, which kind of broke, uh, allowed the game to go from, like, a 10-point game to, like, a 45-point game pretty yeah. quickly. So that that was unfortunate. Mims... Um, you know, I did not see Mims's receiving stat line, but I did see him, I think, return either a punt or a kickoff that, that he looked like amazing on. Was it, Did you see that? Yeah, he's just such an explosive guy. That punt was there. Then you had the, you know, 73 catches on, on or 73 yards on three okay. catches. Just looking so explosive. He only had five targets, but that's only on 11 run, uh, routes run. So right. really targeted on 50% of the time, just 15 total snaps in this game. Similar to last week where he played 16% of the snaps, yet accounted for 45% of their air yards and nearly half of their real-life yards. He's doing everything he can. I just don't understand why he's not out there more often. Our guy Scott Barrett noting that Marvin Mims has four of the top seven yards – no, five rather. Five of the top gains of 2023 despite playing roughly 25% of the snaps, maybe even less. He still only has eight targets compared to 21 targets for Cortland Sutton. I mean, he is the definition of efficiency right here. He's had three straight double-digit fantasy point days, again, playing 25% of the snaps. You can only just imagine if and when he takes over a full-time role, what's he going to do with it? But it's also like, why is he not taking this over when all he does is succeed and perform? So still a guy that you have to look for your way on your waiver wires, still a guy that if you own him, you have to have maybe on the bench, but he just keeps performing. So it's tough to know what to do with this kid, but so, so talented. You're seeing the glimpses now. And I got two last takeaways for risers, uh, both Vikings, so I'll rip through them both. Alexander Madison, maybe not god-awful. 20 carries, 93 yards, also adds five catches for 32, maintains that workhorse role. Now, we did not have Cam Akers, but we saw 67 of the 83 snaps go to Madison, 20 of the 23 total carries, ran 34 of the 55 running back routes. So pretty much an every down back here. Maybe Akers does come in and do do some uh, damage to that workload total. But ultimately, Madison, this is his best day. Even if he didn't, it, it still was kind of ugly. He had a bad red zone drop, you know, a couple fumbles that ultimately got overturned. So the usage is there. Most efficient day for him, but still wasn't pretty. If you, you know, pass the stat test, but the eyeball still not looking great. Jordan Addison does continue to pass the eyeball test, but the stats yeah. are not working out in his favor this week. Saw eight targets, six catches, 52 yards. Actually did out-target K.J. Osborne, who only had uh, one, three targets. He hauled in one for a 36-yard touchdown. This is the first game Madison did not score. But the bigger concern is he's only on there for 44 routes compared to 52 and 53 for Osborne and Jefferson. Only 59 snaps compared to 77 for Osborne. So, yes, they're playing the majority of three wide receiver sets. 
Uh, but still, Addison just can't take over Osborne. That's going to be a pain in the ass. And you really want him to just take over that role completely at this point. Moving to Fallers. All right. Um, let's talk Fallers and let's talk about Tennessee. I mentioned Derrick Henry, who I also had on my team. He ran for 11 yards, uh, 11 rushes for 20 yards. Now, you know, he actually had a, a okay second half because he had negative seven yards at halftime. So, you know, really, really exploded for 27 in the second half. Uh, that was terrible. Ryan Tannehill, not to be outdone, was completely atrocious, as maybe as an extension of that. DeAndre Hopkins, also useless. And Derrick Henry was out-snapped. Well, I mean, his production would suggest that maybe he should have been. I don't know. It was, it was just a really, really bad scene for Tennessee overall in a game I, I thought would be pretty competitive. Uh, but their offense was just so bad, there was nothing they could do. DeAndre Hopkins caught three on seven targets for 48 um, and led the Titans in every receiving category. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with, that, with that body stat line. Um, so I don't know. Ryan Tannehill, 13 out of 25 for 104. Um, and then we look at the snap count. Tajay Spears, uh, 27 snaps. Derrick Henry, 17 snaps. Also uh, ran like three times as many routes as Derrick Henry. Uh, it was just it was just bad. I don't even know if we need to go into it anymore, except to just ask you. I mean, you know, no one's really starting Tannehill uh, probably anyway. How concerned are you about the Derrick Henry situation? It has to concern you a bit because clearly game flow is more of a concern this year than it ever has been for him. I mean, when you see 17 snaps next to Derrick Henry's name, 17 of 47, less than a third of the snaps going to Henry, it's hard to not be concerned here. And sure, in the positive game scripts against Houston or whoever – yeah, you can rely on the big dog, but at this point, you got to be nervous in any matchup. They're not projected to win, and against Cleveland, you would think that's more of a neutral matchup. That defense is also really, really good. This is the first time a team actually got in the Cleveland's red zone all year, which is nuts as well, one of the best defenses in the league. So I'm not going to panic, panic, but 17 snaps is 17 snaps, and you can't really undersell that. It's scary, inefficient, didn't look good, and it makes Tajay one of the more intriguing ads. Another horrendous offense to transition here, Zach Wilson, 18 of 36 for 136 yards, a whopping 50% completion percentage. This offense is absolutely inept with him at the helm, and it sounds like we're going to get more of the same. Robert Sala saying Zach Wilson remained the team starter in week four against uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to go well for you. <laughs> oh, just awful. But every ship sinking tied to this anchor of Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, five of nine targets, 48 yards, ew, 12 carries for 18 yards for Brees Hall. It's tough. I have Garrett Wilson in my main league. And at this point, it's tough to go with him anything more than like, a. will be playing tank. I had tank Dell in my lineup today because of injuries, but moving forward, Garrett Wilson is going to be on the bench until otherwise I'm praying they trade for like Kirk cousins or something where with the Owen three Vikings, maybe they can work something out there. Uh, but yeah, this is bad. And I don't see it getting any better with, and can I just add to the end here that, this was the most predictable thing in the world. Like literally everybody saw this coming, you know, like, uh, you know, everyone's value was like cut by 75% with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. And we all knew it and it, it happened anyway. And they've got to do something about this if they want to, unless they just want to phone in like a four and 13 season and they got a really talented team. They, they got to fix this because it, I saw it coming, but so did everybody else. Right. All right. So bad. So bad. Yeah, Ramondre so bad. Stevenson. Oh, also really bad. <laughs> and I believed in Ramondre. I know. 19 carries, not doing much with them. Uh, ultimately, we got 16 carries going to Zeke, and that's probably the bigger concern, doing more with the work. He got 16 carries for 80 yards for Zeke Elliott. And the snap share, 46 for Ramondre. Definitely did nearly double up Zeke Elliott, who had only 2017, but the carry totals, we're almost dead equal here. And again, Zeke outgaining uh, Ramondre on the ground. All very concerning stuff for sure. Ramondre just seems to have any upside that he was, you know, high-end RB1, you know, low-end RB1, high-end RB2 carrying into the season. The receiving work's been decent this year, but even then that's not enough to save him right now. Uh, you can't really treat him much more than like a RB23, 24 at this point uh, with Zeke more involved than anybody probably could have expected at this point in the year. All right, let's talk about the commanders be, just because we have to. Jahan Dotson, who oh. you were really high on, and by extension, I was really high on. Well, it, yeah. you know, we've already, I think Dave Campanelli asked a question already in the comments about hate cutting Dotson, and that, in fact, is the banner. Is it time to hate cut the guy? Because 
I mean, Dotson had two catches for 21 yards. Why is he so ineffective? Great question. Sam Howe, part of the reason probably, 19 out of 29 completions uh, for 170 yards, no touchdowns, and four picks in a 37-3 loss to the Bills. In my league, at least, Sam Howe, I believe, registered negative 0.2 fantasy points. I don't know what that was in your league, but that is a rough pill to swallow. Uh, I don't know how many people were starting the guy in this game, but if you did, you got what you paid for. And uh, that is just a brutal, brutal, brutal stat line for anybody, fantasy or otherwise. We'll say Terry McLaurin caught six out of six for 41, although, you know, obviously that's not going to be setting the world on fire or anything like that. And Curtis Samuel, two out of four for 54 in the Commander's Week 3 loss. And just like I said, Dotson, two out of four for 21. He is sitting on my bench, and I think there's a really good chance he's not going to be on my team next week. Yeah, I think you can hate cut him at this point, certainly if he's filled you with that much rage. I was a buyer in Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell, and similar to the Giants take I had earlier today, I don't know that I'm going to completely burn every single bridge here. I think Sam Howell has better days ahead, and I just think the Bills might be a better defense than we gave him credit for. 32 fantasy points for the Bills as a defense this week. Unbelievable if you're facing them. God bless you. That's never fun when you lose because of the defense just walloping you. But Sam Howell, yeah, I said on the stream today, I thought that he could potentially be an interesting DFS play because I knew the Bills would put up their points, and I thought the defense was not strong. I was dead wrong. Sam Howell sucked today. I think the Bills were much better. I had a lineup, Truth Man. I had okay. in my lineup as my receivers, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, and Tank Dell as my first three receivers. Awesome is my DFS. I was like, man, that maybe win a million bucks today. My real boat, my, my real bonanza play. Sam Howell and Jahan Dotson as my next, my flex and my quarterback. Oh, completely tanks the lineup and you know 1% rostered Sam Howell could have been if he had a huge day my lineup would have gone nuts unfortunate to see the run game as well and eh, ho-hum 10 carries 70 yards Brian Robinson still looks like the main guy in rumbles but didn't get targeted we did see Gibson break a couple got five targets three catches seven yards 17 yards on his two carries but then crucial fumble lost I imagine we won't see Antonio Gibson again this year that's his second fumble on very limited snaps this year it already was a problem entering the season the coaching staff has to be fed up at this point so just I think even though a mediocre day for Brian Robinson if anybody's a riser in this horrendous offense it would be him at this point Trevor Lawrence continues looking very mediocre this was a a big concern he just has not taken that step that everybody thought in year two of the Doug Peterson offense 279 yards one touchdown, a pick, 27 passes completed at 40. It's just eh. And they get trounced here, 37 to 17 by the Texans. This was a week of some really shocking losses. I mean, the Cowboys we'll get through in the 4 p.m. Yeah, games, yeah, yeah. the Ravens losing to the Colts. And then, I mean, this might be the most shocking of all, the Texans pulling up this upset against the Jags here. And no. you know, ultimately, most of the ships sank with Trevor Lawrence. Etienne had a good day, 19 carries, 88 yards. 50 yards through the air, those four catches. We're seeing that expanded pass game, uh, pass game role for Travis Etienne, four, uh, five targets for him, 27 routes. That's hugely encouraging, as are 52 of the 73 snaps. What is annoying, though, is Tank Bigsby getting that goal line touchdown. Travis Etienne plays 30 of the first 33 snaps in the game, and, of course, Bigsby comes in and steals his cake at the goal line after all the work he had done throughout the game. But as mentioned, Calvin Ridley, you know, seven targets, three catches, 40 yards. Oh. After week one, looking like that bonafide, no, you know, can't ever bench the guy, start him every single week. And yeah, probably the case here, but not the locked in like fringe first rounder. That's where Olave is now moving up to guys that have done it for three straight weeks now. Ridley looking more like a boomer bust right now, probably more of a wide receiver too, unless this offense can find some stability. Most stable guy has been Evan Ingram. Eight targets led the way this week, seven catches, 67 yards, one of the more consistent tight ends uh, at this point. Kirk did have another nice effort, 54 yards and a touchdown as well. But just another underwhelming day for this offense, for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you got to be concerned because everybody thought this could be a juggernaut. I will just uh, I will just argue with you on one point where you said that yeah. uh, the, the Texans over the Jags may have been the biggest upset of the day. No, it was the Cardinals Cowboys. I was, yeah, definitely, yeah. I was definitely surprised that the Texans won, but I was stunned by the result of the Cowboys Cardinals game. I bet a lot of survivor pools are just yeah, all was, over the place this sure. week. So we'll, we'll talk about that another time. I know we're running late. But um, this this next one, not not a whole ton to talk about, really. And the, the banner pretty much says it all. But I'm just going to read the copy here. Josh Kelly just sucks. Um, <laughs> you say, come on, Truth, you're being harsh. Why, why, why do you say Josh Kelly sucks? Well, he rushed 11 times. He got 12 yards. 
He did have also one reception for five yards. That's pretty much the definition of sucking in the NFL. Obviously, Austin Eckler out. Uh, Kelly has been a an extremely poor replacement. And I'll just leave it at that. I don't, I don't have anything else to say about it. He sucks. I mean, you tell me that a running back is getting nearly 70% of the snaps, you know, 80% of the carries here, running you know, decent amount of routes. And then you look, but yeah, the routes are going down now, only 13 routes, 49 snaps. Yeah, it looks great. But all this work is leading to nothing just because, again, Kelly sucks. And, and why did anybody expect any different? He was a guy I called potential waiver wire fool's gold on the week one waiver rush just because said he's always sucked as a player. And yeah, maybe he looked decent in week one uh, when all those holes were getting wide open and gaping. But at this point, uh, you can't trust him ever again. If you no. can't get it done against the Vikes with all that snap share, all that meaningful work, he's got to be benched. Broncos running game. Uh, Javante looking better, looking better, getting more work. Nothing crazy today. 11 carries, 42 yards, in addition to 23 yards for the air on two catches. But the bigger story with this backfield is Samaje Pirine, maybe not even the handcuff here, just three carries. For nine yards, two catches for 15, but he actually gets out carried by Jaleel McLaughlin, who, yeah, sure, he plays less snaps, but touches the ball more than Samaj P. Ryan here. 13 snaps going to McLaughlin, who had a great preseason, was looking like a very explosive playmaker, the all-time yardage gainer at the NCAA level. Uh, so he has some interesting juice here as a potential waiver wire guy. And P. Ryan maybe a cut at this point, as he seems like he has fallen out of favor. Let's talk about the Saints running game. We talked a little bit about the Kendra Miller hype, and we talked a little about Tony Jones, who is the bane of both of our existence. Tony Jones was who we knew he was. He ran eight times for 31, caught four passes for 21. Unfortunately, he did out-snap and was out-targeted, or he he did out-snap and and out-targeted Kendra Miller, so we did not, uh, you know, get the potential PPR breakout game from Miller. Uh, None of them really did anything. Uh, you know, Tony Jones, the guy I'm, I'm avoiding like kryptonite right now. And at least today, Miller did not do anything to get too excited about either. And also, Kamara's wow. coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, Kendra Miller, the popular pickup of the week, I think you can cut him, send him right to the waiver wires again. Because if you can't do anything without Kamara in the lineup, if Tony Jones is still out snapping him, he just didn't look that good at all himself. Nine carries, 34 yards, out, carry, out yards per carry there by Tony Jones, which is never a good feel. Uh, actually, no, he had a little bit more. Uh, than Tony Jones, but still, just a hideous well, overall performance from this running game. Lousy day for him. Lousy day for Taysom Hill. Lousy day for the Falcons, which I did not make a banner for. But just, just talk about that. this offense again. Uh, just to reiterate, everything about this Ritter offense is hideous. Drake London, two catches on six targets, 31 yards. Disgusting. Hopefully you sold him last week uh, after that big game. Kyle Pitts actually nine targets, pacing the team. Five catches, 41 yards. I mean, this is about as good as it's going to get. It's not that great, but it's certainly better than anything we've seen from him all year. So people might be victory lapping that one at this point. That's the best we're going to get for Kyle Pitts. But what do you, Kyle Pitts, rather? Nobody's victory lapping that. I mean, that's the best he's done in literally every week but two his entire career these last two seasons. So, yeah, you shouldn't victory lap it, but I bet you we will get some. And the bigger concern, though, that Tyler Algier, Bijan, both underwhelming. This is the one thing we could depend on so far is this running game. Not as concerned for Bijan, 10 carries, 33 yards. Does get 27 through the air on four catches. That receiving involvement's nice. Uh, But if Patterson comes back, I'm still a little bit concerned there. Seven carries for 12 yards for Tyler Algier. To me, he's he's unstartable at this point. He's merely a handcuff, a big faller on the rest of season. Big board. On the last last thing we have here, four fallers, where we hit a couple injuries and then the early week for waiver wire. A.J. Dillon, what's the point? Why hold on to him? 11 carries, 33 yards. Uh, you know, not even out snapping Patrick Taylor, whatever that creature is, by all that much. <laughs> 41 going to AJ Dillon, 31 to Patrick Taylor, who actually did a lot more with his work uh, here. And Aaron Jones looks so like, uh, looked almost ready to return this week. I bet he's back. But if he's, if this is Dillon's handcuff value, what's the point of it at this point? Because clearly, oh, that's nothing. So many better options at this point. You just yeah. there's there's really no reason to hold on to him. The only reason you hold on to him is because we thought like two years ago he was going to be good. Um, yeah, it's it's time. It's kind of like Kyle Pitts. We've seen what he is, and <laughs> what he is is not really somebody worth hanging on to. Um, before we get into injuries and waivers, uh, and there's still 20 people plus here, which we appreciate. We know we're way past kickoff. Just so you know, I'm monitoring the game on my iPad here. You're not missing much. Yeah, so didn't you might as well it. you might as well uh, hang out with us for the next five ten minutes and get get some waivers. So thanks for hanging in there. Give us a like. Give us uh, whatever whatever you can say to say hey we appreciate what you guys are doing. It's a free way to help us out. We appreciate you still hanging out with us. 
And uh, sorry, we got a late start, but uh, you know, I actually think this has been a pretty interesting show. Um, getting into injuries, Derek Carr, shoulder injury. He went out. He did not come back. He had not had like a monster stat game when he did go out. But, you know, these are all things like that. It said it's an AC sprain. I don't know much about that. But basically, it's like it depends how much it swells and stuff and how mobile he can make his shoulder. So um, but they said he avoided a more serious injury. So hopefully he won't be out too long because I obviously that would hurt Chris Olave's value. We did get to see the little Jameis Winston uh, appearance, which was kind of interesting. Oh, it's always great to get Jameis on the field. And that's yeah, sure. A lot of takes a little bit of a hit because he's been playing really well with Derek Carr, but you can do worse than Jameis Winston as the guy we've seen sustain you know, multiple wide receiver ones between Godwin oh, yeah. and, and Evans. The guy likes to sling it. Maybe we get even more of a boost to Olave. We'll see. But uh, yeah, Derek Carr probably out for at least two to three weeks is what the early prognosis looks like. Travis Etienne got a little banged up, leg injury. Did seem like he'll be okay. He walked off on his own. It was in the fourth quarter. They were down big against the Texans. So yeah. I would imagine he's going to be fine, but certainly you saw Tank Bigsby get cut in a bunch of leagues. He would ultimately vault right up to the top of the waiver wire priorities behind maybe Devon A. Chain, Tank Dell, and then right there would be Tank Bigsby. Should Etienne actually be missing any time here? Uh, this is interesting. Gus Edwards, he of the third or fourth best uh, run uh, yards per carry average in NFL history. Yeah. Unfortunately, got concussed today. He went out in the fourth, didn't come back. Don't know anything about how serious it is. Of course, they're already without J.K. Dobbins for the year. Yeah. Justice Hill because of turf toe. Uh, now Edwards, who knows if he'll be back or if he's out. Now they're down to Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake. A little blast from Man. the past there. Um, and interestingly enough, just before we move on, uh, Edwards did have 11 carries for 51 yards, almost five yards a carry. So he is his advertised. Another just efficient ho-hum day at the office for Edwards before going out. Yeah, we'll see. Definitely will be a thing to monitor for the waiver wire as well. We'll talk about Melvin Gordon in just a little bit. The last major injury today was Mike Williams, forced from the week three game with a knee injury. He did – he put, barely put the weight on it. It looked tangled up. and the towel over his head. Just all the body language looked bad. This one looked rough uh, here. So we'll see. Hopefully it's just a, a minor sprain and you get him back in a little bit. But Quentin Johnston definitely going to be leaping up to the top of the waiver wire board depending on how big this injury is. Uh, yeah, I still prefer Tank Dell and Devon A-Chain at the top, but Quentin Johnson is definitely someone we're going to really consider. I guess Jonathan Mingo, he did get a concussion as well. And this offense, you know, we didn't talk about the 4 o'clock games. I, I know you had a couple notes before we get to the waiver wire, because as we talk about, you, know, this show goes live right when the 4 o'clocks end typically, and we don't have as enough time to get up the snaps and get everything as organized as we do with the 1 o'clocks, but we can still pull up those box scores and quickly dive in to winners and losers from the 4 p.m. slate. Who are some people that you noticed, Drew? I'll, I'll just tell you my takeaways. I don't have snap counts. I, a couple guys I have stats for, but I'll just tell you the eye test of watching those three 4 o'clock games, none of which on paper looked like they were going to be any fun at all. <laughs> um, but basically, you know, James Conner kind of seemed like he was running all over the Cowboys, which is weird. I think he ended up with maybe just under 100 yards and, and a touchdown, but it seemed like every time I was watching the game, he was kind of gashing them for a pretty serious – uh, a ser pretty serious uh, amount of yards. So that, that was one eye test takeaway I had. Yep. I also have 14, written down 1498 touchdown in addition to two catches for 18 yards, so over 100 uh, total yards, 116 there. That's seven yards a carry. Seven yeah, yards that, I mean, that's impressive. That's exactly very impressive. It's a very good defense. So what what a beast Connor is. And, and probably on 80% of the snaps, again, no other running back got more uh, than five carries, Keontae Ingram. So yeah, big day for Connor. He continues to prove. Low-end RB1 at a, a RB2. Looks like a gross RB2, and he ends up just continuing to bring, bring the value. Love James Conner. I mean, the, the other side of that ball is Tony Pollard, although like they were having a hard time moving the ball. I mean, the guy ran 23 times for 122 yards and added a couple catches too. So, I mean, Pollard did average like five and a half yards on the ground, and when I saw him also looked quite good. So, uh, although the Cowboys had a very disappointing loss, Pollard had a good fantasy day, definitely. Um, you love to I see the work he's getting, Truth. You're right, though. 26 yeah. touches this week, 32 the week before. That's what we need for Pollard. I know the final stats aren't humongous this week, but that usage, the huge days are going to come. So, I, yeah, I mean, it's beautiful to see for Tony Pollard. Michael Gallup leading the team in receiving, which was yeah. a little bit interesting there. Six catches, 92 yards. CeeDee Lamb taking a back seat this week, four catches, 53. Nobody uh, – you know, the touchdown goes, of course, to Rico Doddle and not Tony Pollard. I'm not CeeDee Lamb. None of the studs here. But Ferguson also involved five catches, 48 yards, you know, involved as the tight end. So Dak chucking a lot, not doing a ton with it against the Cardinals. A little concerning there, uh, this aerial attack. 
Uh, in terms of the Cardinals pass catchers, too, Dobbs is, is maybe giving this team a little bit of life. Marquise Brown, five for 61 and a touchdown. A lot of people wrote him off as fast as can be. He's always bald when he's gotten a chance, and Dobbs might not be as bad as everybody thought as well. Six carries for 55 yards as well for Dobbs, a sneaky Konami play. I'm not saying sprint up to your wave wire, get Josh Dobbs, but in two quarterback leagues, a mobile guy uh, in playing well, beating the Cowboys again, you know, maybe this guy can have a little story this year. So I, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm excited to watch this Cardinals team, which I would not have said uh, at, at all in the beginning of the year. Of course you wouldn't have said that. I mean, anyway, anyway, we can talk, uh, we can talk more about like the viability of the Cardinals or whether or not this, this digs in, uh, injury is like a, a death nail to the Cowboys all of a sudden or not. We can talk more about that. That's, That's probably a longer point. conversation for another show. We'll see what happens. Um, the other things I have written down, just my, I just have the Chiefs are doing Chiefs stuff. I went out and got the Chiefs defense when I saw this matchup, and it paid off handsomely. They were up forty-one to nothing early in the third quarter. Kind of took their foot off the off the gas. Mahomes with a solid game. Kelsey with a you know just one of his like I don't know sixteen seventeen point fantasy games that elevate him above all other tight ends. Um, the big news, of course, was that Taylor Swift was there. They were, they were switching <laughs> uh, the cameras to Taylor Swift up there with Mama Kelsey every time anything happened. Uh, one thing about Taylor Swift, when she goes gets in on a guy, she's all in. Like, she is all in until, like, they're done forever. But right now yeah. she is all in on Travis Kelsey. He had a Travis Kelsey game. You know, Mahomes was good. He had, like, 30 fantasy points. Um, and then I've written under that, the Bears are terrible. Justin Fields is not an NFL starter. Yeah. I think all that works out well. And then looking at the box score here, seven catches, 69 for a touchdown, impressing his new girlfriend there for sure. Rasheed Rice, five catches, 59 yards. I'm intrigued to see what the snap count is because he's second on the team. Uh, nobody else really close to him at this point. So Rasheed Rice, very intriguing day there. Could be a waiver wire pickup. What's maybe concerning for Pacheco owners, yeah, nice day, 62 yards, touchdown, 15 carries, not bad. But you see Clyde Edwards-Solaire also getting 15 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown too. So that's a, that's annoying. That fact that Pacheco still has not separated in Andy Reid's eyes and this team's eye, despite playing with broken ribs and gutting it out. But yeah, Fields, I said it in the beginning pregame show, maybe he like plays loose and rips it up and we see Fields rebound. Now 99 yards, a pick and you know, 47 yards on the ground. Nothing special there. DJ Moore saved back. his day with a late touchdown, 41 yards, three catches and touchdown, but still, not an impressive performance at all there. Just yeah, that, that was a pretty ball. gross back box score. Um, yeah. Maybe um, the most surprising box score. Yeah, is this what you were going to say? Do you have anything else in that game, or are you transitioning? No, I was going to. I was going to go into Seattle, Carolina, which Seattle won in a pretty high scoring game. I mean, the two standouts for Seattle: DK at six catches for 112. He's still the alpha guy that we knew he was. Kenneth oh, Walker yeah. actually had 97 yards on the ground and two scores, so that was pretty awesome. Um, one of them was kind of the, the death knell. But the big thing, and I, I'm sure you're about to mention this looking at the box score, is Andy Dalton, 362 yards in, in the air and two touchdowns, throwing to Adam Thielen, 11 Ooh. receptions for a buck 45 and a touchdown. What are those guys, like a combined like 75 years old or something? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, they might actually be. And just that veteran-to-veteran savviness. Yeah, 145, 11 catches. My God. Adam Thielen had 14 targets, too. Just absolutely. I'm um, only 58 pass attempts. So you get Andy Dalton, you get the Man, red rifle back there. <laughs> you got to sling it 58 times. But we talked about this, me and CJ, that this offense might be just that much better with Andy Dalton because it couldn't be much worse than Bryce Young. And it was worlds better with Andy Dalton at this point. DJ Chark also hauling in a deep ball, 47 yard touchdown, mm-hmm. 11 targets, only four catches for him, but a big day for DJ Chark. If this is going to be the case moving forward, I wonder if they just give it right over to Bryce Young. We're going to get some more starts from Andy Dalton. All these guys are significantly more viable. So big days around. Sanders, disgusting day on the ground, 9 for 24. Yeah, but running game is terrible. <laughs> plowed in for a touchdown to save his day. And ultimately, he did out-snap um, Chuba Hubbard on the receiving work. <laughs> Excuse me, 5 for 38 as well. Ooh, got a cold right now. Hang in there, Wolf. We still got to do waivers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I got by the way, by the way, everybody in my family's been sick for like a week and a half. So I, I guess I guess whatever is going around is is hitting both eastern and western Massachusetts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All righty. Is it time for the uh week four waiver wire? Let's hit the waiver wire real quick. It is still, right, by the way, just so you guys know, uh in case any of you don't have like a computer, uh you know, or or you can't watch us and, and the TV at the same time, Garoppolo just hit Devontae Adams for 32 yards in the score. 
Oh, so nice. Six nothing, probably about to be seven nothing Raiders, but we're still probably better to watch. <laughs> All righty. Uh, so, Wolfpack, yeah, we will transition now to the week four waiver wires as we get ready for that. Please do consider that thumbs up button one last time. Help out your boys. Let's go with it. Uh, starting at the top of my list, Devon A-Chain, 40% rostered, and a guy that is clearly going to be worth 100% of your fab. Just like we said with Jerome Ford, just like we said with Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams, there's going to be a guy that you have to blow the money on many weeks. This is definitely one of those weeks. Oh, excuse me. We talked about this offense as a whole, just unstoppable speed and space. It is what Mike McDaniels values and loves. And Devon A-Chain fits the bill completely for what Mike McDaniels wants to do. It was kind of curious that he hadn't unleashed him, given how perfect this fit was. You know, one of the fastest backs to ever come out of college. He's small, shifty, ultimately was getting goal line work despite all of that, and racks up 18 carries, 212 yards, two touchdowns, four catches, 30 yards, and another two scores. Typically, you don't have running backs that put up 50 fantasy points out there on your waiver wire. So monster day for Devon A-Chain. And that, again, as we talked about earlier, still after Mostert put up four touchdowns as well. So just a very impressive overall performance from this ground game. Jeff Wilson will return at some point, but I can't imagine the cat's out of the bag at this point. This is going to be a Devon A-Chain, Raheem Mostert. I think Jeff Wilson, only if an injury suffers uh, by either of those first two, should he be relevant again. So definitely one guy you want to look at, again, 100% or so of the fab. I can't imagine someone's going to overtake him as my number one guy. Number two, Truth, you know who my guy's going to be. He's <laughs> going to be Tank Dell, and he's 30% owned, and there have already been people in the comments like giving you a, a lot of positive comments because you were all over this. You've been hyping the guy up. You were right. He caught five out of seven targets for a buck 45. I know we talked about it before, but for purpose of uh, who the waiver clip and everything else, we got to repeat it. And it's worth repeating because it's pretty incredible. I did actually see the 68 yard pass from CJ Stroud that he, uh, that he caught, which was also pretty impressive. He led the the team in targets for the second straight week. Um, and he had five receptions for the second straight game. Um, Nico Collins, Robert Woods, Tank Dell, they're all seeing pretty high volume from Stroud. Um, and, you know, the Texans offense is a lot more fantasy relevant than either one of us thought it would be. Um, and, you know, you're going to play him on your team over. Who'd you say you're playing him over? Oh, man. Uh, Garrett Wilson probably yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So anyway, that, that, that's the deal with Tank Dell. Um, if not for, you know, uh, our first guy, the Miami rookie who just went insane, he'd almost certainly be the top guy. Absolutely. Jaden Reed. Also another guy to look at the waiver wire, as is Luke Musgrave. We'll bring them both up. Six of eight catches uh, for Luke Musgrave, 48 yards for him. Just barely missing out, like a 50-yard bomb down the seam. Misconnection from Jordan Love. 44 pass attempts for Jordan Love, though. Good overall volume, and we did see Reed trail only. Romeo Dobbs, who is also out there in right, right now, 53% of these Romeo Dobbs. Go look for him first. But Jaden Reed, seeing seven targets, ultimately hauling in. Uh, you know, three of them, 63-yard day. Not a humongous day, but yet another nice, efficient performance dominating out of the slot for Jaden Reed. Uh, so good to see for him. And we mentioned Tajay Spears already. Not a ton of stats to talk about here, but just the fact that he outsnapped Derrick Henry. Uh, it goes to show you game flow could really end up giving Tajay Spears the key to this backfield many weeks, uh, more than we expected to. Four targets this week. He's explosive guy. We've seen multiple touchdown runs in that early preseason. Loved him in college. Uh, great athlete. You had those concerns over the knees and whether they'll hold up. But for right now, he's looking phenomenal. Uh, so, yeah, I like Tajay Spears. Definitely more of a stash than those first three guys you can start right away. But Tajay Spears has so much handcuff upside. And that playoff schedule gets the Texans twice. Maybe, just maybe worth a hold all season there. We talked about Marvin Mims earlier. He's 26% owned. The, the stats, uh, they're impressive I mean, as far as like his average per catch, stuff like that. He got three receptions on five targets, 73 yards. That's impressive in itself. He also had an amazing punt return. The guy can really fly. His snap count, uh, not super encouraging, but it is interesting to note that basically, although he was only in on 25% <laughs> of the snaps, they threw him the ball like half the time when he was in. So uh, that, that can't be ignored. Clearly, he's somebody that when he's in the game, he's a factor. you got to pay attention to him on defense. And his athleticism is just incredible. And Russ did pass for over 300 yards, even though, uh, you know, even though they got absolutely humiliated today. And you quoted the Scott Barrett uh, tweet where he talked about the longest gains of the 2023 season. <laughs> is it Mims like 
five out of the seven of them, something like that. Yep, 60 yards, 53 yards, 45 yards, 38 yards, and 30 yards. Five of those seven longest gains belong to Mims. And again, playing about 20% of the snaps so far this year. But when he's in, he's getting targets. It's just a matter of time before the role gets elevated. And sure, he won't maintain this efficiency of like 45% air yards on just 16% of the snaps like we have seen. But it's going. he's, he's that much of a baller. I can't wait to yeah, see sure. him get more usage here. Uh, one of the more exciting things, and like you said, back-to-back now, 300-yard days for Russ Wilson. So, yeah, it's gross, and it's Russell Wilson, but it's actually going okay because the defense is so bad, and they're constantly chasing points. So Marvin Mims makes a lot of sense. Those were all guys we've talked about on the show before. We haven't really right. brought up Rasheed Rice at all. Second on the team behind only Travis Kelsey, though, this week in targets, Rasheed Rice doesn't end up getting huge numbers, five catches, 59 yards, but just barely missing a touchdown, getting tackled on the one-yard line. They ended up pounding it in. Pacheco will play later, but right around, I, I do want to see what these snap counts end up being. We'll definitely be live Tuesday. I go live right around 8 p.m. every Tuesday for a more in-depth waiver wire show where we'll dive into more snap counts. We'll dive into more pickups. So if you haven't seen that show, definitely come on. It's a great crowd. We get a bunch of questions for that one. Uh, but Rasheed Rice, definitely going to dive into him a bit more, but very intrigued by this performance. Uh, and we were just talking about the Broncos, Jaleel McLaughlin, I, this is deeper leagues because I get a ton of those like, oh, 20% owned. These guys are never – you know how the tough the waiver wire guys are, truth. They don't get any tougher. They're, 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 like, they're like DiCaprio and the Revenant. <laughs> exactly. Like how have you made it through life in such grizzled leagues? I don't know. They make sure to remind every single person on Twitter how tough their league is. But two running backs that are probably out there in those leagues, Jaleel McLaughlin and Melvin Gordon. The only reason to bring Melvin Gordon up, uh, this corpse of Melvin Gordon, is that – we got an injury to Gus Edwards. Justice Hill also has turf toe. So by default, we might get Melvin Gordon more often than anybody to expect in 2023. But you know, you drive down his stats truth. They weren't so bad, right? What did it, what was this? I mean, they, they weren't, they weren't great. I mean, it was like, I want to say it was like 10 rushes for 32 yards and, and maybe two catches for a little over 20. So if yeah, you played, was, Melvin, if you played Melvin Gordon, you, you got five or six fantasy points. 55 total yards on 12 catches, two catches. So it yeah. wasn't you, – you weren't playing Melvin Gordon. He's 1% rostered, so no one was playing him. Nobody right. was going to no be rostering him. It's more so the fact that he might be the last man up at this point if Gus Edwards remains in protocol, if that turf toe lingers. Uh, and then next week they got the Browns, though. Not a great matchup coming up. We just yeah. seen this team shut down Derrick Henry. So yeah. unless it lingered into the Pittsburgh matchup, I don't even know that you really want to use Melvin Gordon. Uh, Julio McLaughlin as well. We just wanted to talk about how he out-touched – uh, Samaj P. Ryan. P. Ryan did play five more total snaps. But McLaughlin, we've already seen him score a touchdown already on this early season. He was a touchdown machine throughout the early preseason this year. He's the all-time leading yards gainer in college football at the running back position. So that was impressive stuff. But if you want a more high upside stash, I wanted to give a couple, you know, real deep league guys. But I did want to mention Quentin Johnston, an absolute yeah. monster at TCU. Uh, so he'd be well above those guys. In fact, if this injury is going to be serious. For Mike Williams, I think Quentin Johnston, I, I just put a nine because he's the ninth name I thought of uh, as I dive into the injuries, though. Quentin Johnston, uh, 32% rostered, so out there in a decent amount of leagues, got cut by a lot of people. If Mike Williams, this injury looks as bad, and I think it was. He got the towel over the head, getting carted off, you're grabbing at the knee, could barely put any pressure on it. He's going to have to step up, and he's going to have to step up fast. And Brandon Staley, I think he's kind of a bozo, and but he did say he loves this kid when he's scouting TCU versus Bama. And this was the best player that popped off to him, and he can get it done after the catch. Big body, long vertical speed. He kind of just has a lot of Mike Williams' skill set, but a little bit smoother after the catch, maybe not so dominant at the point of attack as Mike Williams, uh, but brings a lot to the table. So I'm very, very intrigued. We've seen how high-powered this offense is. Look no further than earlier today with 400 yards from Justin Herbert. So definitely go look. Quentin Johnston uh, could be stepping into a huge role, and Josh Palmer, for that matter, uh, already the, the second receiver could have to step up and wi- more, much more widely available there. <clears throat> so check out those two guys. <clears throat> Both will probably be picking up major roles in the near future. Excuse me. Excuse oh, the wolf here. So anyway, um, we got a, we got a decent mailbag here, Wolf. We actually still got over 20 people hanging around, which is awesome uh, because, <laughs> because we are like, you know, half an hour past kickoff. I got to run before we do the mailbag. I'm not going to see my kid or my wife if I don't. Um, but it's been a, a fun show. I actually really enjoyed it. And um, a great day of football, man. It was fun doing this. Yeah, it's really fun. And I guess, we're, you know, moving forward, because I think this 
this show is certainly worthwhile because we go in depth and whatnot, and we're going to have to end up going into kickoff. And it's kind of a pain in the ass. And ultimately, I think the mailbag is going to have to be sacrificed. We'll definitely read these after the fact. I'll you know, respond to you guys in the comment section. But, yeah, I want to go watch the football while I do it. Uh, and to do a meaningful show, you know, we'll probably try to get live at 745 every single time. Try to plan it a little bit more. But, yeah, it's going to be about an hour every time. It's probably going to go into kickoff. I think a lot of people listen to this on their commute. If, if so, if you listen to the pod, thank you so much. Fancy fullback dag, if you prefer that. On your way out, that thumbs up button does mean the world. Uh, so thank you again so much for being here, guys. We, we had a great super chat morning this this morning, by the way. It's such a generous yeah, day. CJ told me that, that we racked up. That's awesome, man. I it was awesome. But, so the fans are really showing up today. Uh, so thank you so much. We really hope we gave you some right calls. I know I didn't get everything right today by any means. But uh, it was a fun week three. Crazy week three. What, really fun one to recap here. Tons to take away. So hope you found this useful. I'll see you guys next time for Waiver Wires Tuesday right around 8 p.m. Hope you can join us. Like, subscribe, and a wolf of fantasy sheep, guys. Be the wolf. Later. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. We stole the show. At least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old fashioned football right there, folks.